Welcome to At The Table, the podcast for the SBC Women's Leadership Network. Join the conversations of a collaborative community of women from the Southern Baptist Convention family who long to connect, engage, and encourage one another as they serve and lead in diverse ways to impact the kingdom of God. Pull up a chair, grab your favorite drink, and listen in on what God is doing through women of the SBC. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Table. It's Jackie King, and we are talking women and leadership in the SBC. I have a sweet friend that is on the podcast today. I wish I could say that we were related because we have the same last name. Um, Maybe we are like in a distant (laughs) cousin relationship, Um, but I want to welcome Kelly King to the show. Kelly, welcome today. Thanks. You know, I really hadn't put that together, Jackie, but yeah, we both married Kings, didn't we? We did. I think it's an okay, it's an okay last name. I mean, I'm not really gonna there's worse so <laughs> that's right and um, like we've known each other for several years now because we did some training together in Texas way back in the day yes I know when I was on the SBTC women's leadership team you had come in and you were serving and doing some training for small groups mm-hmm. um, and how to lead a good small group and so that was my first connection with you and it has just been a joy the Lord has just done so much with you these last couple of years so why don't we unpack a little bit of your story and tell the listeners about you and um, tell us about where you're from um, how you serve and then how you're connected to the SBC Oh, wow. Okay, so I am Oklahoma born, bred, sooner born, sooner bred. And when uh, I die, I'll be sooner dead. That's what we kind of say in Oklahoma. <laughs> and and I got to throw in a hook there. I just have to. You know to. what? <laughs> and I am really okay with that. I have some great <laughs> friends that are Texas people. And so it's a fun rivalry that we have. And yes. not everybody gets that, but you and I do. So yes, that's absolutely. always fun. So yeah, I, I grew up in Oklahoma and was raised there, raised my family there, married there, lived there all my life until we moved to Nashville a couple of years ago. And so uh, it's been it's been a fun journey. I remember in my 20s telling the Lord, like, I'll move anywhere you want me to. I'll do anything you want me to do. You know, just don't let me live in Oklahoma. I want to go somewhere else. <laughs> and I was in Oklahoma. And I really embrace that the longer I was there. And then when the Lord called us to Nashville, I kept thinking, now, God, I said that a long time ago. Why are you just <laughs> now hearing me? Oh, you know? But it's been an adventure and fun and love being here in Nashville too. So yeah. And SBC life, that has been my life um, mm. since I was born. So yeah. yes, my parents took me to a Southern Baptist church and that is pretty much all I've known. And I le- I, I'm one of those kind of SBC nerds that just grew up with GAs and yes. all the things. And, you know, just knowing um, who we are as a convention. I, I think even if a lot of people are raised in the SBC, they don't know mm-hmm. a lot about who we are as a convention. But that was just not the case for me. And so my church really instilled in us the importance of the cooperative program and really how we work and and missions. Missions has always been a huge heart for me. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was just definitely part of my life and never really saw myself in vocational ministry and my calling, but the Lord just has been faithful and opened doors every step of the way. 
Yes, absolutely. So you started um, working within your local church, and then you actually served on staff at the BGCO um, and, in Oklahoma. And then just most recently, your new position is at Lifeway. And so I really want to unpack, because I've watched you over the last, how long has it been now? Two years? Yeah, it'll be actually be three years in November, Goodness. which is hard to okay. believe. It's gone fast, right? Yes, um, yes. <laughs> so I've really watched you, especially now within my own season of transition, of going from um, Oklahoma and working for the Baptist General Convention there to Lifeway and just all that transition kind of entails. So I want to know, as you looked at going from um, the BGCEO to Lifeway, what was kind of the biggest hurdle or like the biggest thing to kind of overcome as you took that? I mean, I'll I'll say, I think it seemed to be a big leap um, just in task and what you're managing and all of those things. So what was the hardest thing kind of starting out? Wow. Well, number one, just stepping into this role that Chris Adams, and I I know she was on your podcast Mm -hmm. recently, and when you look at where Chris brought this area of training and women's ministry, when they started, no one really knew much about it. And just to see it grow and flourish and multiply, and she really created that job in a very unique way and the relationships and how she impacted women. So when I walked into this role, I really did. I mean, and she would, she would tell me very, you know, all the time she would say, Kelly, you're not filling my shoes. You're, you're wearing your own shoes, which is is so sweet. Mm -hmm. But yet there was a weight of thinking I am in the same position of Chris Adams and I, I know that I need to embrace my myself and who I am as a leader and, and our differences, but also just the respect I have for her. And mm. there are days that I have looked at people and I've just said, I just, I so, I admire her more every single day because of what I know she's just accomplished and what she has um, given her life to. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful and I'm a recipient of that and definitely want to to honor just Mm -hmm. where she's brought that and coming from a convention setting to Lifeway, that was a a huge leap. Uh, And and part of the main difference is the funding mechanism. And so in Oklahoma, working for an SBC convention and working for an entity there, our funding really was dependent on the cooperative program. And so I knew my budget knew what that looked like and knew how much I could spend on things. It was, it was a fairly manageable budget. And then coming here and understanding how Lifeway works and and we are a business with a, you know, ministry kind of emphasis. So Mm -hmm. we are an SBC entity, but our funding is not through the cooperative program. So there's just some differences there. And so that was a huge adjustment um, to make and know that just the magnitude. I I always feel like I I do, I've always been that um, person that could do really well in the small ponds, you know, and I could Mm -hmm. learn to be a fish in the small ponds, but coming to the, (laughs) the ocean of Lifeway and knowing just the impact. It's huge. Yeah, I would imagine. Well, and I remember whenever you were, you took the position at Lifeway um, and watching the kind of in between, I think Chris did a really cool thing of still staying on and you 
coming on. You hadn't moved there yet, I don't think. Um, But really kind of walking side by side, which I thought was such a cool picture for leadership that it wasn't she was gone and then you just kind of have to come in. Um, And so I thought that was really cool just looking from afar. And honestly, it even helped me in my own transition with my women's ministry back in Texas to um, Arkansas and making sure that I was walking with them as I was transitioning out to leave. And so even just that example, I think was a really cool thing for me to learn from afar. Um, But then obviously there's that time to where Chris is gone and then you've got it, right? You have the reins. So how did you look at the organization and just look at what had already been accomplished, like you said, and really decide how did you get to this is what I'm going to tackle first. Like how, because I think in the beginning, it's so overwhelming and you're trying to learn systems, you're trying to learn your staff, new people. So how did you kind of tackle some of that? This is our first step together. That's a a great question. And I I always tell people, and and I, I do think, and I'll say this really too, coming from where I did in the convention in Oklahoma, I absolutely loved what I did there. I, I mean, there was, there was a, a mourning and a loss of a feeling like, wow, I, I thought I'd be here till I was, you know, till I retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then coming into this and, and really just asking the Lord, um, what do you want? What is the vision for this? And so really seeking him, really learning to listen, listen mm-hmm. to those who were in different places, who knew this role, who, who had had the history uh, I had to I had to listen uh, a lot and kind of mm-hmm. figure that out, and it did take time to to build those relationships. Um, I was really grateful when I came, and and you're right, Chris was there. We we kind of did an overlap of about four months, and she just kind of gradually stepped back, and it just gave me more and more, and and really showed me some different things. And and she would say, "Now you do it the way you want to do it, or you make this your own." And part of that was inheriting a group of LifeWay trainers. We have our our LifeWay Mm -hmm. trainers that there's about 20 of them. And almost all of them have been doing it since Chris started that that program. Mm -hmm. And so... There was a there was a sense of we, well we need to kind of develop new leadership there, but yet the wisdom of them, um, so that's been a process. And and I had really great mentors when I came here, Faith Watley. A lot of people in the SBC yes. know Faith, mm-hmm. and she was my director, and in my and I still work closely with Faith, but she was so good at just kind of checking in on me and just making sure and making sure that I knew people and that I knew those connections. So great. So listening was a huge part of it and, and learning, like you said, lots mm-hmm. of new systems, lots mm-hmm. of things that I just had to learn how we do that. Um, Mary Margaret West, when uh, she, she just left Lifeway, but she was my event coordinator for our training events. I could not have done that first year without Mary Margaret. Mm-hmm. And I, I would tell any new leader, your first year, you really just need to make it through the first year. Like you need to, it's, I don't know if you feel this way, but like you kind of have to go through a cycle of Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like for, as a leader, your second year, you kind of are like, okay, I, I feel like I can start making some changes, know some things. And now that I'm kind of in my third year, I felt like I was re- poised and ready to to jump, you know, jump in and make, you know, even do some more things. And about that time, um, I was asked to manage the magazine and devotional team. Yeah. So 
2019 is not exactly what I thought it was going to look like. It's been <laughs> it's been a whole nother year of transition. So now I manage a team of people and we, I'm on the publishing side and on the resource side. So I've heard I've had to learn all new systems and listen and learn and it's a great challenge. Um it definitely has put me out of my comfort zone, but mm-hmm. I just I I love everything the Lord is letting me do. Yes. Well, okay. And I think that this is really important. Um, Even Josh and I with new pastors, we've had conversations like this because I think the tendency, especially for some of us younger ones, is to go in and just change everything automatically. And we have a vision of how we think things need to be. And so it doesn't matter what history is there. It doesn't matter um, who was leading it and how they led it. Like we're in charge now. And so we're going to go forward. And I love that you're really kind of challenging us to hold off, to listen, to learn, to make those relationships. Um, And it's funny that you say it because we are just now, I think last week was our one-year anniversary here in Conway. And so so much of it has just been trying to learn what motivates us, like who are my people and um, who are my women leaders and where are they at and where do they need to be developed? And I wouldn't know that if I would have just come in and said, this is how things are going to be, you know? And so I think there's a lot of wisdom in those of us that are transitioning to new um, roles, whether that's in the same organization or a completely new organization, that you almost just have to spend that first, I don't know that we can say you have to spend the year, you know, but there has to be a season of really trying to figure out what's the culture, what are some of the problems, what are some of the strengths, and being able to go into it a little bit more slow than guns blazing and let's change everything and make it real shiny and new. So I I love that challenge that you have for us. And and I do think, I mean, there are some things that you can come in and you can say, okay, like maybe there's something that you just say, you know what? that's broken. We got to fix it. Like there's going to be some things like that, that you think Mm -hmm. we can do this better really quickly. Like we can, and and people like it when they see some progress really quickly and it can be a really small change, but it can have huge impact. And I think the other thing is that you bring in people in the decision-making process. I learned this from a pastor years ago and he was so like, he came into our church and he made a lot of changes but he did it, and I, mean, I was—I marveled at the way that he would bring in people, and before they knew it, they were—it was their idea, you know, hmm. to yeah. do that. Yeah. And so I watched him and just really tried to learn how he did that. And a lot of it was just pulling in people for small group type of meetings, collaborative meetings, getting their input and and listening to their input. And mm-hmm. because I think a leader sometimes comes in and says okay, I know the right way to do this and we're going to do it, but they may not know everything. Mm -hmm. So that's when you bring in those people and you say, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm seeing. You know, this is what I think, you know, would you help me with this? And they want to be part of the the change process. I think that's another thing. People want to be part of the change. Right. And so they like that. And when they feel ownership in that, then they're, they're yours. They're all yours. And I, I know one of the first things I did when I came here, I think I'd been here in Nashville less than three months, and we were planning the Women's Leadership Forum, which I know we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but I, it's a great event. It has always been a great event, but I kept thinking, what more could we do? Like, what else could we do? So I just pulled in a group of um, our people, some outside people, and did a, a morning collaborative creative meeting. And I just said, you know what? Um, there's nothing. There's nothing broken. 
we don't mm-hmm. have to fix anything. But I said, what I want to do is I want to put the hula back in the hoop. Yeah. So let's, let's think of how we do this better. And that was the year we went from having 900 and some to 1500. And, wow. and we've maintained that. And so and, and, and again, this year, we kind of went back and I said, okay, how do we do this even better? And so next year, we're going to do one on the West Coast because we've, mm-hmm. we've really maxed out here in Nashville. So those are the things that you bring in people and you collaborate and you, oh, I, I love getting people together who are ideators. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you're kind of like that too, Jackie. Yeah. I mean, you like to know what people are like you, you like to get ideas and, mm-hmm. and then you go, okay, what's the best idea? How does, how do we go do this together? Right, right. Well, and one of the common things that we say is that we're better together here on the yeah. podcast. And like, I love collaborating. I love getting in a room full of women and different personalities, different stages of life. And I think so much of leadership and even leading through change specifically, you have to have people with you. And for whatever reason, we've kind of caught on to this truth that like, well, you're just supposed to drive the ship and people are on the ship. And so yeah. um, like those relationships, that ownership that you were talking in, that buying is so important to be successful as a leader because you can go, but if they're not following, um, if they're not on the same mission with you, if they're not trying to drive forward with you with the same purpose and goal, then it's really frustrating, not only for them, but for you as a leader, because you end up at the end of, you know, however long and just and frustrated. So um, I think that's really good, very good practical advice for all of us. I love that. So because everybody brings different things to the table, don't they? I mean, like everybody has their different unique talents and gifts. And when they bring it all, man, it does. It really does make us better. Mm -hmm. I want to pull back the curtain a bit. Um, These are going to kind of be some vulnerable questions that I have at least wrestled with in transition. And so now that you've been there and I mean, really three years, it probably still feels really new. Um, But anytime that we shift positions, anytime that we uproot ourselves and our ministry and then start a new ministry, I mean, that is restarting life, essentially. That's a new church. That's a new staff. That's a new group of friends. So I kind of want to peek in maybe just to your heart (laughs) and your soul a little bit. And how did you kind of wrestle through some of that maybe. Um, I love how you stated it earlier that there was grief and loss because I think I definitely felt that mm-hmm. um, in leaving our ministry in Texas and then trying to root myself into this new space that God has for us. So how would you maybe encourage those of us that are in transition or we're about to be in transition? How do you do that well? Oh, well, there's, there's been times that I feel like, you know, I didn't do it so well. And, and I could get really emotional just thinking about the, you know, what we left and, and just my kids are in Oklahoma. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's tough. Um, those are tough decisions. And um, we had been at the same church for 29 years mm-hmm. and we left those people. Um, we, you know, we just kind of all grew up together and um, we started going there when we were early married, and so just precious. And so you come to a new city, and we had never experienced this. My husband, Vic, and I had never experienced this before. And and just, okay, what does this look like? Um, where do we find a church? And no one knows anything about us. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I will say, I mean, I still miss the fact that I don't go somewhere and I see people that I know. Mm. Um, so it's, that's all new and, uh, uh, that's, that's a different, that's a little bit different for us to, to navigate. I, 
we were so blessed that um, the church that God has led us to is so incredibly different than where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in an SBC church that runs about 350 to 400. So coming from a larger church to a, a much smaller church. And in Nashville, that is, that's different in itself because yes. there's a lot of big churches in <laughs> right. Nashville. Right. But we knew we wanted to be in a church that wasn't far from our home that so that we would, you know, just be able to go, hey, we're going to church. You know, like this mm-hmm. is not far. It's not like we have to make a decision of, you know, how much time it's going to take. Um, we knew we wanted to be in our community so that when we did see people, we saw people in the community. And when we met people in our community, we could say, hey, our church is a place that we would love to have you come visit. Yeah. And so God led us to to Green Hill Church. And it's it's just interesting how, you know, it's taken us a while uh, mm-hmm. to make friends. Friendships are, are hard. And I will say even now that I'm in, you know, my mid fifties, it's, it's harder as an empty nester to make friends in some ways, because when you have children, you have this mm-hmm. automatic like lifeline to schools and people that are in that same stage. And yeah. so wherever your kids are, you kind of gravitate towards the families and coming here as adults that, you know, it was like, well, okay, this is different. And so, uh, it's taken us a while, but we found a, a life group or our Sunday morning class that we really loved. And after several months of being in there, it, we're just not the kind of people who sit in a class and don't serve. Yeah. So we, we um, started serving in the student ministry where we have spent 25 years of our life and they had some real big needs there. And so we jumped right in and my pastor knew what I did at Lifeway. So when they find out what you do at Lifeway, <laughs> they kind of come to you and they go, um, so, hey, we need some help with women's ministry. So I, I mean, it's so funny, but I am the volunteer women's ministry leader at my church. I love that. And I love that, yes. It's so, it's, it has been so refreshing to me because it, it keeps me relevant because mm-hmm. now I can say I'm in the trenches with a lot of these ladies that I haven't been necessarily in for, for several years, even though that was my job. Um, I'm actually the leader at my church, and it, it's taken me a while to build a team and get to know them. And we've, But I've just seen the Lord be so faithful and bring some incredible women uh, into, mm-hmm. our, into our fellowship and into our Bible studies, and we're seeing things happen. And and it's pretty exciting. And now when I go teach it, I'm I can I can honestly say, okay, this is where I messed up. So don't do what I did here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm still a that. learner. I think we're you know leaders are always learners, aren't we? Absolutely. So we learn from our mistakes too. Mm-hmm. Well, and I saw last night you said um, that you started a new small group. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and so small. I just giggled at that. Like I love just. Um, again, I think we kind of put leadership and just these ideas on the platform. And obviously you are leading a giant, um, movement within the, within our women that goes even outside of the SBC. I mean, um, there are more and more women that are coming to your events that are not Southern Baptist, which I love. And so your influence and your leadership is just stretching so far. But then I also love just the beautiful example of you being faithful in your local community. Um, and it's not just about leading the masses. It's about impacting the people right in front of you. And so I think there's a truth there.
earlier um, that I just, um, I read that last night and I was like, I love her. Like, I really do. And just even um, the rawness and the realness of starting a new small group, you know, and just the awkwardness that comes with that and and leading something around the table with people. And so um, as as many times as I've done it, I mean, I I felt very vulnerable and and just kind of like, you know, literally there were four of us, Jackie, there were Hmm. four of us. And (laughs) I could have looked at that and thought, this is not working, you know, Hmm. and after, and each one of us were in a different generation. So I had a young girl in her twenties. I had a retired lady in her late sixties. I had a mom that was in her forties and and I just kept thinking, this is the oddest group I think I've ever <laughs> led. And we had such a sweet time and really did get to know each other. And I, these are women that I had not really known in my church. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking forward. You know, we're, we've got an eight-week Bible study that we're going through together. And you know what? I mean, I, they're going to be precious, you know, over yeah. the next several weeks. And I have a group of young 20-somethings that we're going to start back this Sunday at my house. And they just, it's it's kind of a mentoring discipleship group and they are a blast to be around. And then I have my 11th and 12th grade girls. So I, I just think, I think life happens and discipleship happens in the intentionality of, of being with smaller groups. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of a groups person. I'm all about, let's get people in groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And I think even, um, especially for leaders, I think there's this kind of pressure, like you have to do the big thing, mm-hmm. but there's also need in, especially in that new season. I think for me, um, I needed to get myself in a smaller group because I was in so many faces, you know, and I yeah. was known like they knew my name, but I wasn't known by people. And we need that as leaders. And I think we can kind of forget that and think like, I'm doing this for them. Um, and over and over, and over again in scripture for leaders, they've got to have people beside them. And so whether that is you like taking a step out and deciding to start leading a small group or a Bible study or a mentor group, um, it's good for us to be in smaller circles and for others to get to know us and, and hear our struggles and where we're struggling. Like, I love how vulnerable you were with saying it's hard to leave family and it's hard to make some of those choices, but at the same time, God is faithful in that, in that obedience. And so I'm thankful for your obedience, even in the hard yes. Um, and so thank you for that. <laughs> um, okay. So let's highlight a little bit because we are running out of time. I wow, cannot believe I how much I we know. have already covered. Um, so let's highlight a couple events, things that um, Lifeway does specifically for women in leadership to help with training, equipping, resources, all of those things. Um, what can you share with us about what Lifeway offers? Sure. So this is this is my jam. This is what we do. <laughs> and so what we offer, um, we have what we call You Lead events, which are, are scheduled before Living Proof Live with Beth Moore and then also Going Beyond Live with Priscilla Shire. So we do um, eight to ten of those a year, and we go to different cities all across the United States. So it's kind of a pre-conference, but it's really for any woman who wants to grow in their leadership potential. And we really focus on biblical principles, ministry type mindset, even though a woman could come in and maybe she's in the marketplace, um, but also that she can, she can say, how do I do this? Well, and how can I, how can I represent Christ? Well, where I lead. Mm -hmm. So we really try to focus on a lot of different topics. And like I said, um, we have 
different trainers that come in, um, and so they represent different people from and different churches from all over the United States. We'll be in Sacramento next week, and then two weeks later, Woodstock, Georgia, and two weeks later, Oklahoma City, and two weeks after that, Chicago. So we are all over the board. Getting um, those airline miles, yes. Man, it's, I, I, I kind of thought about it last night. I was like, man, we have four events before the Women's Leadership Forum, mm-hmm. which... But it's so good because you're going to the women, mm-hmm. and I think that's a common excuse that we have is like, well, I don't know where to go, and that's too far. Yeah. Um, and so you are going to very strategic places to where women can come to you and get that training, which I love. Yeah, and I I mean, I just love that. And, I, you know, we, we tend to even go to states. That some, I mean, some of our state leaders, they do such an incredible incredible job with training leaders and I always like to bring them in as kind of local leaders so that our women will get to know the state leaders because mm-hmm. what they're doing in their states, they're there. We get to kind of come in and and, and leave, but we also we want to plant the seeds for, for ongoing leadership opportunities. Right. And then we do the Women's Leadership Forum, and that's coming up November 7th through the 9th, and it's here in the Nashville area. We go to Long Hollow Baptist Church, and we're Robbie Gallaty's pastor, and Actually, Robbie is speaking this year along with Kelly Minter, Christine Kane, uh, Jada Edwards, Whitney Caps, Shelly Giglio. It's a great lineup, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm looking forward to that. But it's kind of the destination leadership, you know, kind of place to land. So when we go to you leads, we tell them we come to you. But Women's Forum is we want you to come to us and experience. Um, the big forum and we have tons of breakouts along with the general sessions. So it is two and a half days packed full of leadership opportunities. Okay. So let me ask you this question because yeah. I'm sure some of the listeners, so is this just for like women's ministry, a typical women's ministry, or is it for any women in leadership? It is for any woman in leadership. And I'm glad mm-hmm. you said that. In fact, yeah. we have a lot of women who come that will take work off and just come because they want to be strengthened in their leadership capability or we have other people, other staff positions that come. Maybe they are children's staff, or maybe they're doing girls' ministry, or whatever that ministry might look like, even in the local church. There's definitely a place for them at this at this event. So yes, it's not just for ministry leaders, even though it does have a ministry focus. But it's for any woman who wants to lead. Okay. I'm so thankful that you shared that because I think um, it's really easy to be like, oh, well, that's women's ministry and that's not what I do. And there's so much that you're offering at both of these events, really, that are specifically for leadership development, for how to build a team, um, for how to grow personally as a leader, emotional healthiness, you know, all of those Mm -hmm. things that I think a lot of us are underdeveloped in because it hasn't been offered or um, we just didn't know about it. And so I think it's really important no matter how you serve, no matter if you're within a local church context, or if you're in the marketplace, or you're a stay-at-home mom and you lead a Bible study around your neighborhood, um, there is something that you can glean from this weekend. Um, And on top of that, who doesn't want to get away for a couple days, right? And just (laughs) spend some time in the Word and worship. Um, Anybody needs that. So um, anybody and everybody for sure. So, And what's really exciting about Forum coming up in November is that we are actually trying to plan. We are starting the um, logistics of it to where we will have the SBC Women's Leadership Network get together that Thursday morning before Forum kicks off. And so we've got details coming. And Kelly is actually going to join us and specifically just encourage the women of the SBC 
SBC since she is one of our SBC gals and um, just really try to encourage and share some of her wisdom there that morning. So make sure that you're checking the Facebook and the group in the Facebook and uh, we will have more details rolling out of that soon. So thank you for that. Um, Okay. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I wish, I mean, with the rate that fall is going, it's going to be here tomorrow. Um, I have a countdown kind of on my on my little whiteboard and I look at that and I think, oh, it is. It's well, I was corner. about to say, that's probably more anxiety for you yeah, than it is for me. Be. Mine's an, ex- an excitement. That's, so, that's <laughs> okay. I have one more question for okay. you um, before we close out. I'm really curious because you are a woman that trains leaders. You are a woman that encourages leaders. So I'm kind of wondering, how did you get where you did? Um, was there a specific woman that really kind of poured into you? Um, where is it trainings? Like um, you are a leader of leaders. So how did you really get to the place that you are? Um, and how would you encourage us as a woman leader in the SBC of um, just maybe one kind of final truth to take away from today? Oh, wow. Well, I I, I love what Greg Mott said. Um, I, I heard him talk about some young guys who came to him and said, I want to do what you do. Mm-hmm. And he said, my answer to them is, do you want to do what I do or do you want to do what I did? And what he meant by that is that it was years of saying yes. It was years of getting in the word every single day mm. is when the Lord just opens a door and says, will you serve me here? And you say, yes. Um, and, and you learn I, I find that there's a lot of women who have aspirations and, and desires to be at this certain level or point or whatever. And it really is just a series of yeses. Mm, that's um, good. Yeah. I would also say women in my life or, or people who invested in me are just, there's a lot. Um, and so it wasn't just one person, um, but there were also some incredible men that were ministry leaders in my life that, that saw leadership potential in me and they gave me opportunities to lead. And I'm really, really grateful for that. I know that has just been an ongoing conversation for us as SBC women is, you know, how do women lead and how can we lead? And I'm just going to tell you, I mean, when you've got men who, who are excited about seeing just, seeing how you can lead and and giving you those opportunities, that just means the world. Um, Mm. So, you know, a student pastor who said, hey, would you do this? Or I I just, I think you could do this. Or I think you need to come on staff. And I, you know, things like that. And they encourage you and they they see that giftings and callings in you that you may not even see in yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also it really is just being obedient in the small things and and, and honestly, I never really would have thought that I would be here in Nashville uh, doing what I'm doing. And so I think those things are just that the Lord has just been very kind in, mm-hmm. in my life to, to open doors that I never, never thought would be there. And, and I definitely, there's so many more women out, women out there that are much more talented, much smarter. And why he allowed me to do this, I'll never know. But I'm just trying to be faithful every single day. And I I tell people I don't want to be God. I don't try to be God. But Mm -hmm. all I want to do is meet with him every day and figure out what what he has for me that day Mm -hmm. and, and follow him. That's what a good charge for us, right? Just follow him and mm-hmm. a series of yeses. I love that. 
Um, well, Kelly, I appreciate you so much and it has been so good. I hope you hear the joy um, just in my smile. Like it Aww. has been good just reconnecting with you. It is so fun cheering you on and watching the Lord use you as you say yes over and over again. Um, and so thank you for spending your day with us. Make sure that you connect with, I mean, Kelly didn't even highlight half of the stuff that she is <laughs> <laughs> organizing for us. So make sure that you go to lifeway.com backslash women and you can check out all of the different resources. She also has a book there that um, released, I think a couple years ago. Last year. Um, so about a year last ago. year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, called Ministry to Women. And so that's a great practical tool of a lot of the things that we were talking about today of just how to build your teams, how to cast vision, um, all of those things. And so if you're needing a resource, that's a really great one to pick up. And so um, hop on over to lifeway.com backslash women and you can find information on Kelly and all of the various resources that she has. And then again, we hope to see you at Forum in November. So all of that information is there on the website. So make sure that you grab your ticket, grab another female leader that you know, and go together. Make it like a, a girl's trip and then go get time in the word, have time around tons of women just worshiping the name of Jesus and filling your soul. So Kelly, again, thank you for joining us today. And we are cheering you on, girl. Thank you, Jackie. It's been a pleasure. You have been listening to At The Table, the podcast for the SBC Women's Leadership Network. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes and share this with your friends and other women in the SBC. They'd also love to connect online with you at sbcwomen.net for more resources and for you to join the conversation with women all across the globe who are serving in kingdom mission. Thanks for listening.